0: Featuring D'Addario's proprietary NY steel wire and our impossibly thin protective coating, Excess Electric lets you bend further and play longer with a sound that stays timeless.
1: keys for Premier guitar today we're in chattanooga at the signal very special uh episode not only do we have wolf and chip here to talk guitars and gear but we're actually going to unveil or i guess officially unofficially talk about the sa126 and we got the creator and the kind of the guy that's probably been road testing these for months and months so uh guys kind of take it away talk about the relationship where you started i know that uh you know i've seen your guys performances i'd say the Kimmel. Other performances live where he had the 335, so it has a similar kind of vibe, but I'm sure it's very different. So just talk to us about everything. Yeah, I think uh,
2: the main thing was, you know, when I when I started doing this was that I wanted to uh, find my own sort of sound and not just kind of just do everything Dad did. Yeah. You know, sure we're you know we'll get into the amps later and stuff, but like when it came to the guitar, I I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. Uh, I just knew I didn't want to sound exactly. I wanted to sound like myself mm-hmm. and uh, through just kind of recording and having fun I ended up uh, tracking with a 335 and that sort of hollow body sound ended up being what sort of became the base for, for, for all, of, of all of Mammoth. And uh, so it was really since then that, that it was like, you know, uh, want to make something that, that has the DNA of, of, you know, the EVH brand. But, but you know something that it doesn't offer. Yeah, that's you know more my my speed. You know I don't know because it's three thirty fives are great, but it's like you know their necks are like a like a baseball bat. You yeah. know, and it, it doesn't really lend itself to to playing fast and and sort of what uh, you know the, the the brand is known for sort of performance sort of guitars. And so that this is kind of the merging of that classic you know, warm, hollow body tone with, you know, the performance aspect that the brand is known for.
1: Now, Chip, how did you take what he is associated with Mammoth and the sound that's been created in that first album, the 335 that we Hmm. spoke about, and create it into, you know, a silhouette that's still familiar with the brand and kind of what, you know, the EVH brand has been bringing to the people for, for years now?
3: Well, it started with some sketches, some renderings. Uh, God, we've been at this one for what about a year now.
1: Yeah, developing <laughs> this <laughs> thing.
3: And it
2: was so frustrating because so many people are like, oh, "You need to play something in the brand." It's like, dude, yeah, I'm yeah. working on it.
4: We're
3: working on it. Let me. No, but there was a lot of back and forth, a, a lot of tweaks. I mean, how many times did the headstock shape change? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, it's. Uh, it, Right it's before they went out on this testing. leg of the tour, I was up at 5150, shaving the necks a little bit thinner, and you know, getting them all because I think we started out with three different neck shapes, mm-hmm. just to and then we kind of landed on basically mm-hmm. like the thinnest we could that yeah. the neck would let us go. And then the others <laughs> had to match it, so so we did that recently, and it's it's a work in progress. And uh, like I was saying with Ronnie, this is just kind of what we've always done with EVH is we come up with something, we tweak it, we tweak it, and see if it survives. You know, we, yeah. If anything, it's sort
2: of an extension from. Our exploration with the base by making the Wolfgang body a bit bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except
1: in this case, it's you know making it a hollow body. hmm And and talked about like I know that Kevin, uh, the publicist that's off camera that helped facilitate this interview, talked about there's some Easter eggs in terms of design and some uh, callouts with the headstock. Uh, obviously with the fret markers, you have the you know uh, alluding. I'm am sh- assuming to Mammoth with with the. But uh, can well, you yeah, talk if to you us about that? you look at that from every angle.
2: It's a W. It's an yeah. E. It's an
1: M. You know. So,
2: that, so that's a cool call out i think the biggest thing is that people don't really realize that the f hole is really an e hole you know
1: there it is yeah <laughs> I, I, right there on well, the name <laughs> itself i, th- I
2: think uh, what what i love about the name so much is that anybody who could just read it and not really think much oh that's just the designation but it's dad's birthday so
1: yeah so that that that's such a cool way to you know not only bring something new to the EVH brand, but also continue its legacy in terms of what, where it started. Exactly. There has to be some common familiarity. Mm. And I'm sorry to cut you off, Chip, but what is going on here between these three? These are uh, three iterations, or like one, two, and three in terms of prototypes, or what What, what makes these so this different? This was the first one. OK. Yeah. That was the very first
3: one. That was the very first one. And you can see on this one, we've we moved the jack. Yep. That's where it used to be. Now it's on top like the other two. <laughs> Uh, it used to have regular strap buttons, but now we're back to Move the it to way the it back should be. <laughs> but yeah, this was the first one. Um, I think when you first got it, it just had an oil finish. And oh yeah, it was it was it, it was, was just barely. raw wood. <laughs> it was just raw wood. So uh, I took it back, just put lacquer on it, so it would have something on it during. And it the tour.
2: really made the front just look incredible. Man. Yeah,
3: it brought the top to life for sure. So yeah, yeah, just thin coat of lacquer on it to so it just wouldn't get stained up and messed yeah. up and be unstable on the tour.
1: Anything obviously I see between these two uh, quickly is the one has the pickup covers removed. Is that the only thing different or is there different voicings or pickups that you've tried out through the various prototypes?
3: We we did try uh, different levels of heat on, on these pickups. but remarkably it's it's the lower heat that really brings these things to life I mean this isn't you know a monster screaming feel like
2: any uh, any more heat would just be screaming the whole time you wouldn't
3: be able to control it and one thing we noticed when you know we were doing the sound testing up at 5150 is that it got so hi-fi once Mm -hmm. we started dialing that heat back and it just whereas the previous instruments were kind of a narrow focus plugging these in right after it. It had such a wide breadth of, of it, it was very noticeable right yeah. off the bat <laughs> we knew we were on something um, we, we didn't put covers on that one just to lend to the vibe of it and yeah. uh because of that the pickups are a little bit closer to the strings and i think that one's probably got a hair more sizzle to it yeah okay <laughs> i know matt's always
2: like playing this one the most yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and i just love it just because it's the uh on the last van halen tour dad's mane was a white relic and oh. so I, I wanted it to be that that
5: color and
3: chip obviously did Phenomenal I got it, job. It. it. was it was emotional and 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 felt great to to do that one. It it kind of felt like a full circle kind of moment for me. Yeah, I mean, just look at all that. Look how good. How, how what, You put it in the freezer for how long? A couple of days to get <laughs> oh, wow. it to do that. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's a very thin coat, and it just kind of evolved to that. And we had to get the checking and everything, so. But yeah, yeah, much like the uh, the tour relic that your pop played, and, and like I said, it meant a lot to me to to paint this one in that vein.
1: That's such a cool uh, experience, you know, to have mm-hmm. that type of continuation, the bridging the gap, and you it know, is. It pushing is. it forward, but also still paying, you know, mm-hmm. homage to the to the past. Indeed. Now, I don't want to put you guys on the spot because you're the player and you're the designer, and even the marketing guys are marketing, <laughs> but. Uh, do we know anything about, like, if that's going to be available to the public, or is that kind of just a special thing it, for wolves? It's,
2: it's all very much still up in, in the, the, in, we're, as my dad would call, we're in the crash testing phase okay. right now, you know, and I think there's no, I mean, obviously we, we want to bring this to, to everybody, but in, in, in the capacity and, in, in color and, and what that will be, I don't think is decided yet. Gotcha. But, uh, I think that was ultimately the the test is is just coming out with these and, and seeing what people think and people have been just super stoked <laughs> on social about itching. them. It's, yeah, it's been really cool to see everybody's hands on them mm-hmm. to, to see everybody's uh, thoughts on them.
3: I got to admit uh, I was glued to social media yeah. in the first <laughs> few shows, seeing all the comments pour in about you know what is that what is that oh my god yeah so it's uh, people have been really excited about it so that's
2: got us excited to to really get it out to everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, not to belabor the point, but Chip, is there anything we should know about uh, itty bitty specs in terms of scale length, uh, uh, tuners, anything like that, hardware, in terms of uh, what you're using?
3: Um, it, it's a work in process. Uh, we're really growing attached to this big harmonica bridge. That mass tends to really help this guitar quite a bit. Okay. Uh, the, the scale length is 24 and 3 quarter at the moment. That could change. I mean, I, I almost hate to call out specs because yeah. when we're crash testing, it's yeah. evolving we've already got a small list of things that we're gonna change, yeah. you know, Just so. To, to check out and
1: see how, how we can tighten stuff mm-hmm. up, so. and
3: but then, it's getting there, and, it's and, getting there.
1: And Wolf, before we uh, let Chip excuse himself out of the conversation for a minute, uh, what are you using for strings and uh, brand engage?
2: Uh, I've been with uh, D'Addario for a really long time. Um, and uh, basically, normally, I think for most of this tour, I've been running 10s. 9s, wow. Exactly. So,
4: okay.
2: usually, um, I think every now and then, I, what I'm what I'm most comfortable with usually is uh, is when I use tens on the on the E A and D, and then use nines for for soloing. So it's okay. so kind of like a hybrid, kind of a hybrid. Um, but yeah, but between nines and tens, that's usually where I sit. You know, I think only time I'd ever use elevens would be during would be like tracking rhythms or something. Yeah. <laughs>
1: you know, but that's usually where I sit. Well, cool. Well, Chip, thank you so much. We'll My talk pleasure. to you in a minute when uh, Ronnie comes back, and uh, good. we'll move on to amps. You, As we'll see, going through the interviews here, everyone's using EVH, but Wolf, talk to me about which one you're using and why you selected this.
2: Yeah, I'm using the uh, the fifty watts XL six, just straight up out of the box, just like everybody else's. Um, honestly, it's just uh, it's the one that works most for me. I'm just kind of sitting on the blue channel mostly. Okay. Uh, I think like Frank, uh, we just kind of roll down. Whenever we need to, like, I, I don't think I—I I, I don't even think I hit the green channel at all during during the set at all. I only hit the red for solos. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, it just, uh, it, it's just—it's really fun to that we were able to cater all of the heads to each player. You know, just John fits better with the el 34s, and uh, the the 6L6 is, just seems to be perfect for me. And then for all the lead stuff that that Frank does, uh, you know, the uh, the S seems to be working out perfectly. So it's fun to be able to. To play with the different tones of each and have them all merged together
1: yeah and i'm sure just well to use the band name it probably has a mammoth sound
2: <laughs> <laughs> definitely three guitars everybody's always like why do you need three guitars it's like because i can't have four
1: <laughs> <laughs> i mean work for skinner right now uh what do you, did you track with this obviously i'm sure you have a, a cavalcade of amps at your disposal but mm-hmm. uh, are you partial to the 6l6 Honestly,
2: when when it comes to tracking, uh, it could be any of them, but live specifically, this one seems to be the uh, the one I'm into the most.
1: And I think, as we spoke, as we will speak to the rest of the guys, Mm -hmm. that you guys are all running standard cabs, nothing nothing special. Yeah, no, this is all factory issues, straight out of the box. So, (laughs) (laughs) that's killer, man. Yeah, let's uh, move on to pedals. Sure. All right, Wolf. We're at your pedal board. Not too much going yes, on. We Lots are. of some, uh, familiar faces looking at you. So uh, <laughs> talk to me about what you're using and how you're using it.
2: Yeah, honestly, it's pretty simple. There's not too many things I I really need. It's more just kind of for fun. Yeah, which yeah, <laughs> uh, that's what we need. I, I mean, I got obviously I got my tuner over here, but most of the time it doubles as a as a mute more than anything. Okay. Because I've got one over by the keyboard, and when I got certain things, I need to hit the mute really quickly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so basically, I've got uh, every EVH pedal except the overdrive. I'm I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Um so I've got uh, the wah, obviously. I mean everybody knows what <laughs> that is. Um yeah. but uh I do that for gosh what? The solo and you'll be the one, uh is a I actually use a talk box, but the, the easiest thing, <laughs> just live. It's it, it worked yeah, it's a good stand in. Um I've got the phase ninety, the flanger, uh the chorus. Uh, I kind of swap between the chorus and the phase 90 every now and then for, for certain parts. I, I don't know if I've even decided what I like <laughs> more for certain... I think I'd think it over. I've, I've, been, I've been having a lot of fun just deciding what to use for the harmonic part. Um, but uh, yeah, really the main thing that I'm not really messing around with is uh, in distance, I, for the solo, I really need the afterneath and the delay uh, to do the solo for that part. If you know it, it's... Uh, <laughs> just to have that sort of never-ending sort of thing. Like loop, yeah. On top of each other. Uh, but everything else, it's really just for fun. I mean, I have the gate uh, looped in through the effects. Okay. Uh, the noise gate is really helpful if you're playing. Uh, <laughs> uh, for for me, it was uh, Bogarts in Cincinnati. That was really hot. <laughs> the stage was so hot. Uh, the mic was shocking me as I was trying to sing. It was, it wow. hurt. It hurt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, pretty much, uh, there's nothing really that I've done on the album that necessitates any pedal except for the solo and distance. Really? Uh, and I guess you'll be the one with the talk box, but I kind of sub that with the wah.
1: Um, so the other ones, the other three at the top are just kind of Yeah, fun. it's all
2: for fun. I know uh, uh, in... Uh, God in Mr. Ed before the solo, uh, I do this flanger thing where it's like... <laughs> but uh, other than that, it's it's pretty just pretty much just like what do I feel like hitting
4: (laughs) yeah which
1: is the fun of you know being a guitar player
2: yeah I mean more than anything I'm just swapping between two and three on the on the EVH uh just because uh just just to get that extra bit for the solo
1: now have you now interacting with these guitars as long as you have on stage and stuff have you ever had to deal with actual unwanted feedback
2: yeah but uh I mean the gate pretty much takes care of that got it
1: I didn't know if, like, the semi-hollow nature of the instrument.
2: Honestly, not too bad, at least in comparison to anything I've I've done before. If anything, it's better.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, especially when you got someone like Chip that can help. Chip uh, is a
2: master, so, uh, very happy to, very lucky to, to know him at all.
1: <laughs> well, uh... Wolf, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. We're going to talk to our bandmates. I'm uh, so boring. (laughs) It's pretty straightforward. I I think a lot of people are going to be very excited about (laughs) the information you've provided and uh, the guitars that they will get to play and enjoy in the coming days. All right, now we're with John. John, how are you
0: doing? I'm doing well, man. How are you
1: doing? uh, You are one of many guitar players in this band, which is cool, but you all have a different kind of vibe and different thing you bring to the table for the greater Mammoth sound.
0: Yeah, man. So you. let's
1: dive into your setup. Uh, let's start with what you consider your number one. Uh, right now, number play one. the number
0: one. Yeah, this guy right here, the uh, Custom Wolfgang. Uh, Stop tail. Um, this is an old proto- or not old prototype. This is an old production model. Um, but I love it, man. It's, it's great. It rips. And uh, this is number two in the set. So all the drop stuff and okay. everything like that.
1: And what kind of uh, the difference... Be- obviously, they're different guitars, but why do you like one versus the other? Obviously, this one you probably... Played more and got more familiar with, but why do you like this one compared to you know all the iterations that have come out after it?
0: Uh, well, one of the biggest things for me was the stop tail. Um, I, I really like to dig in, you know, on the right hand and stuff like that. So I, I wanted to keep that kind of stationary, but the back of the neck is all like kind of nice Ooh. and carved out and worn in, and it just it feels awesome. You know, it's just. When you pick it up, it feels like an old instrument that you've played for years and years and years and stuff like
1: that. In my ignorance to that uh, particular model, is that how it came, or did you sand that neck down to what you wanted it?
0: So it came originally, I believe, as a gloss, and then I believe Chip at the custom shop at Fender did all the kind of wear and whatnot on the back of the neck. All of this relicking and kind of checking and stuff was all done there too, and it just, it feels amazing. It's like, that. it's just hard to put that one down. (laughs) This one's amazing too, I love it, you know. It also feels great, but there's just something special about the back of that neck.
1: And should we know anything about that's been changed or different, whether it's pickups or electronics or
0: uh, hardware, or is Uh, this all stock? All stock. This one did have a piezo put in. I'm not currently using that uh, for this set, but it's in there just in case. So it's got some other options and stuff, but I just use it bridge pickup kind of all the way down the whole set.
1: Cool. And what about Mr. PRS over here?
0: This one is, uh, it's just a platinum, it's again, stop tail. These are the, what are these are the 5815 pickups. Okay. Rotary, uh, lay side dotch, which are nice, you know, especially on a dark stage and stuff like that.
1: Uh, what does the rotary do for this guitar? Is it kind of like a 355, like a Veriton thing? It's
0: or? five ways, so okay. you got oh. humbucker, single coil, got humbucker. It. I, um, didn't,
1: I, did, I guess I didn't also realize that there was no switch, so it takes place of a five-way switch.
0: Yeah, that one's nerve-wracking, too, because if you're on, the, you know, in the middle of a show and you don't know where it's at, you know, <laughs> yeah. like a switch, it's like, <laughs> hopefully. But, yeah, again, it's bridge pickup all the way for the whole set, pretty much.
1: And what should we know about strings, brands, and gauges?
0: Uh, we're doing uh, the Dunlop 11s? 11, 11 to 52s, yeah. On and guys. on both? Yeah, yeah, same thing on both, yeah. Cool, well, keeping
1: it in the family, EVH to EVH, uh, talk to me about this beautiful amp.
0: Yeah, dude, this is the 50 watt EL34. Um, so this is like a bit more British voiced a little bit. Uh, we all use the 50 watts. So it's a way for us to kind of, you know, when everything's straight up the middle, even everything fits a little differently in the mix. Yeah. So it helps with the three guitar players. Everybody has a place kind of. But the 50 watts, man, they're so loud. It's like, I couldn't imagine having 100 watt at this point. It's I love that too, but these are just so awesome. Yeah. yeah, You get everything you need. Um, three channels. I really only use two of them. They're the clean and the uh, the main blue channel I think okay. that everybody loves. Yeah. So.
1: And uh, what about speakers in, in this cabinet? Should we know is it stock EVH 412 or is it anything different?
0: Uh, all stock. Uh, the grill's been removed obviously here. You know that just kind of helps with looking awesome yeah and, uh, I was gonna say
1: it's an aesthetic thing
0: yeah for sure and it's also cool because like when we're out you know we can immediately tell where the mic's at you yeah. know if it's on the cone or if it's on the side or whatever but yeah a uh, stock cabinet um, and uh, I believe 16 ohms everything like that so but they're killer man and all of us I believe are running the same cabinets as well
1: cool well let's move on to your pedal board yeah brother all right we're over at your pedal board John and I see some familiar stuff but I see some stuff I'm severely intrigued by just Graphically, so walk me through your pedals and what you got here.
0: Yeah, so uh, here I have um, at the heart of everything is the boss ES8 which is kind of like my switching system that handles all the you know individual loops. Yep And then from there, um, so anytime I hit anything on the set, you know I'm just hitting this guy and it's turning stuff off and on, Easy yeah, yeah, we have a tuner You know Peterson uh, tuner a gate made by uh, Fortin uh, that's you know fed by uh, key inputs, so which real clean, real tight, and everything. It's funny because you would is
1: you know, he makes probably the loudest, most aggressive amps that are available right. or, or up there. Uh, so it should make sense that he should also come with a solution. Exactly. To such a thing. I, when I saw <laughs> that, I was
0: like, this guy probably knows noise, so I'm going with that.
1: All right, keep moving.
0: Yeah. So um, other than that, you know, we have the the main amp tone, which is that's just the 50 watt, and then from there, usually when I'm running my main tone, I run this uh, this preamp boost on it, made by Frost Giant Electronics. And it's just a nice, like, a little bit of a boost, you know? It's like, just a little extra that kind of keeps the amp, kind of feels pushed a little harder. All right. So that's my main tone, and then from there, we've got the Electronic Audio Experiments uh, Halberd, which is essentially like a distortion. But for that guy, I'm using it for, um, some of the, the, let's see here, the like one of the songs, Stone. So that's just a clean channel, but just with that guy. Oh, all right. And I'll use that same effect on my main channel. So, so it's just a little bit different, you know, just to kind of vary it up through the set. Mm-hmm. And we've got the MXR Flanger, which is nice for just fun shit. You know? That kind of stuff. <laughs> and uh, from there, the... Iron Horse by Walrus, which is—I
1: can't say that I've ever seen that least graphic representation of the Iron Horse. I've seen it quite a bit. Yeah, it's, a, it's an old pedal for them.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it's like—I think it's the V3, and it's okay. like a Halloween edition or something like that. So I had to get it, you know, black yeah, yeah. and it looks evil. But that's just <laughs> real nasty. Yeah. And other than that, we've got the uh, the Eventide, which is kind of like a catch-all. Yeah. Anything that. I can't fit on the board. That's got probably some preset in there saved up. So just a little bit of a reverb on that. And that pretty much gets me through the whole set, man. Just from there, what's cool about the ES- uh, ES8 is you can combine and change the order of stuff, which completely you know changes up the tonal options as far as like, even if you have two pedals, like one into another versus the opposite. Are you
1: ever switching things out or is this kind of like, this is your mammoth board? Are you are you an experimenter during tours and stuff? Totally
0: an experimenter, yeah. Like the Yama by Frost Giant is new. Got it. Before this, I had a different type of boost, and I'll kind of play around with different stuff. I'm probably gonna change the fuzz out soon for something that's just nastier, whatever the nastiest thing I can find, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it's a kind of revolving door, you know. The everything being locked down with the cables kind of makes you kind of locked in a little bit. Yeah. You know, top loaded pedals versus whatever, but this is kind of. Where it's at right now, I'm pretty happy with it on this Things are always
1: an audition. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, John, thank you so much for your time. We're yep. gonna to talk to the rest of the guys. Appreciate it, man. Kayler. All right, now we're joined by Ronnie, the bass player, and Chip Ellis. I'm sure all your guitar dorks know Chip's history, and legacy, and what he brings to the table as a guitar designer and builder. Another special project here for Chip and Ronnie is this bass, or two basses, I should say. Yeah. Let's go into it, guys. Tell me about it, everything we should know about both basses, the differences, and how this came to be.
3: Well, th- this has actually been a-, a long-standing project for the EVH line. Th- this is something that Ed was actually pretty passionate about when he was still with us. He's he was closet bass player, loved bass tones, yeah. you know, and. He really dove into it. I mean, when we initially prototyped this thing, I remember we cut a huge swimming pool route out of one of the original bodies, and those pickups kept getting further and further apart. <laughs> and, and it was always like we get a bigger variety of tones. Just keep moving them, keep moving them. And I think we landed on a cool placement. They sound good. Yeah. We, we designed those pickups uh probably four years ago. Oh, wow. And they're just big, monster, hot rock humbuckers for bass. I okay. mean, they're about over half a pound each, you could hurt someone with them, (laughs) you could hurt
1: your ears with
6: them. Was there
1: ever any uh, idea or uh, toying with the, you know, idea of doing the Ampeg thing, or the pickup slide? (laughs) Of course,
3: of course, I mean, I I love that old weird stuff like that, so of course I think about that. And and the Gibson, what was it, the Ripper, the Grabber, the the Sliding Base, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be opposed to trying it. <laughs> I, I, I love weird stuff like that. Like, yeah. But yeah, c- cool basses, I love the way they came out. These are like the first like finished prototypes. We we tried a few different things, like putting the toggle switch up in the horn on this one, whereas mm-hmm. the other one's just got a blend pot.
4: Okay, mm-hmm.
3: It's okay. got coil taps to give you some more traditional mm-hmm. kind of bass tones versus full-on humbucker. So yeah, just kind of a cool, well-rounded bass. What
1: should we know about uh, woods that are used between uh, the two basses? Uh,
3: Mahogany mm-hmm. on both uh, maple necks, rosewood mm-hmm. fingerboards. Okay. Just a classic combination.
1: Mm-hmm. Nice. And I see you got kind of a, uh, I want to say matching, but definitely a continuation between the headstock and the veneer, or the, the headstock and the body in terms of color and stuff.
3: Mm hmm. hmm. Tried to do the matching headstock thing, did like a single fade on this one and a double fade. I lo- uh, yeah, I love how
6: the fades change. Yeah.
3: I, yeah. I got bored with burst. Wanted right. to try something linear. on I mean, no, not the first guy to try it, but i would never stopper. done it,
6: which I think is okay. great. The, the fade continues on the headset. Yeah, down. that's yeah, what yeah, I was yeah. kind of getting at. Really it's not cool.
1: like a straight-up copy. It's like almost a continuation of yeah. the fretboard wasn't there. Right, right, right. Now, Ronnie, what has yeah. been your experience kind of testing these things out on the road with Mammoth?
6: Man, when, when they approached me and said, you know, would you want to play a prototype, ba- prototype bass? I was like, wow. like The opportunity to have something that nobody else has is yeah. just, for me, as a bass player, it was amazing. You know, so I, I, I welcome the opportunity, and man, just I mean, th- this thing is is, is three bases in one. It really is. You know, um, uh, this is number one I use for the uh, standard and drop D tunes. Okay, and um, this also is fitted with the uh, the blend and the coil tap, and I use it all. I use the blend uh, to sculpt the tone throughout the set. Um, I use the coil tap, and I switch to uh, the neck pickup for like a bass tone if I want to switch it in the middle here There's a little notch to get me right in the middle and I have the coil tap. It gives me like a jazz bass tone uh, when I Put this back down and I put it in the middle and it gives me like my own kind of thing, you know and uh, to have the opportunity to sculpt your own tone as well as uh, to be able to have the opportunity to tonally have um, any kind of uh, tool you need in your box, you know, you know if you want to play uh, uh Like a, a Motown Riff you can do that if you want to get really aggressive and dig in with a pick you can do that, too And uh, I think that's really awesome, you know, and it plays great I haven't had no issue whatsoever between tuning or anything like that. It's got a really cool uh, hip shot drop tuner. Oh, yeah, so um, Like I said, this one's for standard and drop D so I can easily just be like ready to go boom, you know So that's pretty cool i never had that before and what do we know
1: about chip or ronnie uh with the the bridge here obviously it kind of looks like a familiar design
6: it's a a high mass bridge and um you know it you know with the with the black it just makes it super cool and um i had our buddy uh matt make a sticker
1: oh okay so So i didn't know if that was like a proprietary bridge that you guys created. No. okay
6: so uh yeah just a little something and then of course we got the hooks just to keep it keep it legit you know and then uh, the bass number two is really cool because it has the toggle switch um, that gives me more of like uh, you know if I want straight up P bass uh, straight up jazz bass or something in the middle with a volume and a tone like a traditional scenario and it's awesome it's also is fitted with the uh, with the drop tuner because I play this for the uh, uh, D standard and uh, drop C songs
1: and can you show the camera real quick or else we can throw up a photo of the neck joint. People are going to want to probably see that. Oh Next yeah. You got the four bolt.
6: It's a four bolt. Um, it's nice carved there. It's carved here. Um, it's not like a square, like a traditional Fender, you know, uh, older stuff was so I can get my hand in there and do all the noodly stuff that Wolf did on the record because uh, I try to do it all. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. How does, how does that work? You know, obviously Wolf is known, he's known notorious for playing a lot of instruments. Yeah. Came yeah. up with his dad playing bass and, yeah. and Van Halen, right. but he's running the band now, playing sure. guitar. Yeah. But he's a bass player too, so like, yeah, I'm absolutely. sure he's, you guys are um, having conversations as this is going on.
6: At, in the beginning, it was just so cool to uh, just talk with him about the approach that he did with the bass because like, I feel the record is, is, is like an opus. It's, like an, it's, a, it's a symphony. You know? And every instrument is played to make the big picture. And there's nobody in there being like, look at me, I'm playing a bass solo. There's yeah. nobody in there like, ah, I got a fill in here that I always wanted. Like everything throughout the song is, is there for a reason. And um, it's the most thought out, fun stuff that I've been able to play. So I'm just very honored to get a chance to do it. And I try to do it exactly the way Wolf does it.
1: And Chip, one more question. Should yeah. we know anything specific about scale length? Standard 34? Standard 34. That's rad. And compound radius as well. And how much of that was part of the, you know, obviously we've got one and two prototypes, but how much w- was kind of designed around the neck shapes and what, you know, in mind of that re- regard to like uh, profiles and stuff?
3: Actually, these profiles are, are pretty much taken right off the, uh, the, the predecessors of these that Wolf played with, uh, with Van Halen okay. on the last few tours. He started out playing, uh, you know, the Relic Jazz basses yep. and then uh, we moved into a Wolfgang base, and he had the black and silver stripe and the black mm-hmm. and yellow stripe. So that neck shape that the neck itself is all off of those original bases,
1: so it 's kind of like once something's figured out don't mm. don't screw it up yeah <laughs> pretty, pretty much, pretty
3: much those are definitely one of
1: our landmarks and With these kind of exposing and showing off the wood, is there any idea of maybe doing straight colors for that? Or is that kind of down the the line? I'm sorry.
3: I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will when we get there. But this is, you know, what we like to do with the EVH brand is really crash test everything. If it can survive a tour or two, Mm -hmm. then we'll talk production. Then we'll talk colors, this and that. So, yeah. Hopefully, Ronnie will beat these things in the submission or continue to. (laughs) And
4: and, if they come out in
6: one piece, then. I do, and they're great, man.
4: No it's issue. like the Highlander.
1: There can only be one. So if this thing right. survives, it mm-hmm. moves yeah.
6: on. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, we're going to continue with Ronnie and talk about the rest of his gear. Thank right you guys so much, Thanks, Chip. Chip. All right. Chip has excused himself from
6: uh, the bass talk because no longer needed, but we're going to yeah. talk
1: bass amps and cabs, and cool. these have special stories, Ronnie. So tell Heck me about yeah.
6: them. Heck yeah. Uh, I'm actually playing uh, Wolf's Rig that he had on the last Van Halen Tour. Um, they're uh, two super bassman Fender heads with uh, an A10 Fender Pro cab and they sound absolutely awesome and uh just the fact that they've uh, been tried and tried and true tested on the road i got no worries so yeah
1: and is the case part of that equation too in terms yeah. of
6: traveling because it absolutely it's, uh, as we say in the business it's relic it's uh it's it's <laughs> it's seen some uh seen some things man so uh but they're still rocking and, and i love it so
1: and you, know. you were saying off camera not to put you in the spot that sure. you uh have left the stickers from Wolf Th- settings. Those
6: are actually Wolf settings from the tour. I didn't touch any of that. Um, I had my tech, Scott, put little markers on the uh, knobs just so I know where I'm at. But uh, I wanted to keep everything the way Wolf had it because it's kind of like you know a piece of history, you know? And I'm just glad to be able to play it and, and have it make noise again.
1: You know? Now I'm gonna put you on the spot again, Ron. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You had mentioned that you play these super basements or you might have other ones that you use, but there's a rig
6: rundown you've watched that you pull some settings <laughs> from because we got to okay, shut off uh, our right. own thing. we got yes, to pat around yes. back sometimes. Um, I, I've been a fan of you guys. I've watched, <laughs> I've watched many of rig rundown. My favorite was of course, uh, the Green Day Rig Rundown, where uh, my buddy Mike Dern also plays the same amp, so he helped design this amp. Yeah, And uh, I did screen cap the shot that you guys did so of it, so I could try and snag his settings. And as you can see, um, if you do take a pic, uh, the channel one is the same settings from you.
1: <laughs> That's lovely. Yeah. I love when that happens. It's yeah. it's great. Yeah. So let's uh, dive into some pedals. Cool. Ronnie, this is going to be great. This is a treat. I know people have been seeing you guys live, they've yeah. been seeing videos online, but this will be a, a great chance for them to hear what this bass sounds like. So just kind of just you want go to hear for it, like? Right?
4: Yeah. No. Rip, All
1: right. rip, rip it, Ronnie.
6: Intro setting. Oof. So that's how we start the set. That's mean. Right? Um, let's go through some stuff. I'm playing out of uh, a lot of EVH stuff here. And a lot of, yeah, all guitar pedals. And all, all guitar pedals. And they all sound freaking great. Which um, speaks to the versatility of the line. Absolutely. Uh, so let's see. This is my normal uh, playing setting. And uh, if I want to get it dirty. Uh... And there's also a song that we play sometimes where I throw on the phaser. That's such a cool thing to hear through a bass. And when Wolf is doing some crazy solo stuff, I throw on a little chorus just to thicken up, all these
1: And this one has the one with the the blend, right? So this is the blend. So
6: I use this primarily because I like to blend my own tone. Um, So I have it. This is, uh, I guess, would be Unity. There's a little notch in here. Okay, so you know where you're at. So this is uh, both pickups even. Which is cool. And aggressive. I like to turn it a little bit towards the bassier side. Thickens it up a little bit, and if I want a P bass tone, I pull the uh, the coil tap, and I put the uh, pickup to the neck. Here's my P bass tone. That's a handy little trick. If I wanted a jazz bass. And if i wanted something like a dual coil uh midi heavy uh bridge type of sound you know? <laughs> it's there it's gotta I recognize there. that line yeah right <laughs> and then my favorite uh i'm gonna test my tone song is Weezer. If that sounds right. I'm ready to play. Yeah, you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And two
1: last things we haven't really sure. touched on. You have the gray box. I assume that's uh, my secret the... weapon for the amp, or is that
6: another <laughs> weapon? I don't know. I, about? I can't tell you. Ah, it's my secret weapon. Damn. It's unmarked. No, it's um, it's my channel switcher because sometimes the amp is behind me and I can't see if uh, what channel I'm on here. Ah. So I had um, I had uh, one built, and uh, I have a big blue knob to know exactly. Where I'm at. So I got my channel two, which is what I normally play, and channel one if I need to clean it up a little bit. I go there, and then lastly, uh, pitchfork. How are you using that? And the pitchfork. So in this, in our latest single, uh, Epiphany, uh Wolf used uh, the low B in the one of the chorus. So the chorus, you know, usually starts with not like that. It goes. But in the studio, he had overdubbed a low B, oh. like a five string, but I, I don't have that. So what I do is I have That's this. That's going to be on
1: port- uh, prototype three.
6: The prototype three <laughs> to five string, right? Uh, electroharmonics pitchfork is going to give me that low B. I'm the one of the chords. So I, I, I have it set so I can step on it and get the octave that I need and then pull away right away instead of like clicking on something and missing it, and then I'm like an octave below everybody. Yeah. It's not gonna work out. So so for the one, every other one I do, uh, in the beginning I was playing a chord, to fill it up, you know. Okay. Uh, it does the same kind of thing. And then on the last tour, uh, I, I picked this little pitchfork up and uh, every other one I do the low B and it's cool. It's, it's- That's exactly what it is on the record. Awesome. Brian,
1: yeah. thank you so much. I think we're going to cruise on over to thank ri- you, uh, Frank.
6: Hell yeah, brother Frank. Thank you guys. Thank you for your guitar.
1: Last but certainly not least, familiar face to all you rock fans, Frank. Frank, how you doing? I'm good, Chris. Yeah, thank you for Thanks joining for having us. me. Uh, absolutely, man. Why not? This is a special guitar to you and you got to pick it up in our hometown. I should have said uh, you know, Nashville, Nashville, born and raised guitar. Yeah. Uh, tell me about it.
5: So uh, I am convinced that I saw this at NAMM in 2020. This might have been the one on the wall that started my love for anything Olive Drab. Yeah. And I saw it then. I took a photo. I asked all the Gibson people, like, "Hey, what's the story?" They're like, eh, "We'll get it. We'll get it around to you. We'll get it in stores. We're not really sure." I'm like, "Okay, whatever." Pandemic happens. Here we are uh, in Nashville, 2021 or 2022. Sorry, recently. Um, I ended up finding this online. It was at Rumble Seat Music, so oh, a local okay. store out there. And um, I, I told Slash, I told everyone, I was like, "Hey, that guitar I've been telling you guys about for years, it exists in person somewhere, and we're, you know, we'll be in Nashville soon." So we go down there. I, I demo the guitar, and uh, I just, you know, ended up being even better than I imagined because, you know, I've had uh, '64 reissues, so this is a custom shop 1964 SG reissue. I've, I've had a couple before, but you know each guitar is different each neck is you know kind of similar but for whatever reason this was just the magic one yeah you know it's just the best
1: and i brought it up uh, off camera just before we start rolling that it kind of reminds me of the chris cornell yeah. olive but you said it's this is so not, it's close yeah. yeah
5: it's very close to the chris cornell color oh, but it's man. not matte so his guitar is specifically you know it's almost a little darker because it's a matte finish it's that you know flat color but you know even though this is flat it still has a gloss to it you know so it's uh, it's pretty special and and I never thought I would be the green guitar guy I don't it just became (laughs) my thing over the last couple years it just it looks good on any guitar really you know this specific like I said not completely matte but that that gloss you know
1: there's a sweet spot for
5: it It, there really is yeah I love it
1: and should we know anything about this guitar since you've had it uh, relatively short uh, is there anything you've changed on it or is is it as it is I'm not touching
5: this one this one is perfect the way it is and the thing was for a minute there, uh, I didn't think I was going to be able to get the guitar, and um, last minute we ended up getting it, but I thought to myself before, it's like, well, I could, I could see if Gibson will build me one, you know, I'll have to you know, commission him to make it happen, but I was like, it's not going to be the same, yeah. it's just not the same. I know you we can make it close, but each guitar is its own thing, you know?
1: Two questions before we move on is, what are you using for strings and uh, um, brand, brand gauge?
5: So, usually uh, I'm using the Ernie Ball Paradigm okay so with slash i use 11s and we're tuned to half step down but here i'm using 11s as well uh in standard tuning so it's a little tighter but it works i mean uh for what we got going on here considering it's three guitars we all play a different role guitar wise and um i do feel like you know i'm playing rhythm and leads so it just kind of covers all that ground you know it's pretty it it, a lot of people don't like the 11s i I tend to go to 10 sometimes too when i'm not with slash but lately i'm just in the 11s mode I go back and forth. Yeah, You don't have to work so hard sometimes. It's and then a sometimes goal. it works. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'm back and forth with it.
1: Now, it, uh, I imagine this might be, since you, you sound so enamored with it, this is kinda all night or whenever it can stay in tune and stay with you.
5: Uh, and you know what, believe it or not, the, the Maestro, the Lear Vibrola um, bridge is kinda synonymous with being out of tune and not holding. But for whatever reason, mine have been really stable, believe it or not, for whatever reason. I don't know if it's because uh, like I said, it's a 64 reissue. These necks are like 59 necks, so okay. it's not that thinner kind of 61 SG neck that uh, is pretty unstable. This one really does just stay together for some reason, you know. Those
1: five-year uh, differences—they kind of figured it out.
5: They really did, yeah. <laughs> but um, I go back and forth. I actually play this only, for, I think, for one song in this set, uh, but I, I keep swapping it up. You know, yeah. I I have another SG and uh, a couple less Pauls as well, so I've been, back and forth, I don't know. I'm trying to see where they need to be in the set. You know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like I could play this the entire time.
1: And just so we know, is this the actual guitar that you saw in Nam? Is this the Nam prototype or not?
5: I, the problem is the photo I have, you'll see the tag. I think if it's not the exact one, it's like one serial number off. Okay. Super close, Got so <laughs> either way. And if I find that one, I'm getting that one too. So we'll, f- <laughs> we'll figure it out. <laughs> I have to.
1: Well, moving on, we've, we've covered You know the EVH, heads that are all in line here with you guys, mm-hmm. but they're all slightly different. You are running the Stealth.
5: Yes, uh, and what's so cool about this is that this is the 50 watt version of the flagship amp that Ed used. Yeah. So he was using 100 watt and this is a 50 watt. And for me, uh, coming from being like a Marshall guy, an orange guy over the years, um, which is, you know, it's, you know, it's classic tone, it's pretty, it's not crazy high gain. Like this is very, very much the melding of both worlds to where I feel like, it has that crazy gain if you want it, but it also has a very classic vibe as well. So it's, you know, I, I roll down my volume when I play, like if I need to, I'm not like a, I don't sh- uh, channel switch. So I just stay on number two and just kind of roll my volume back. And this really works that way. Cause some amps, when you turn them down, especially high gain amps, it just yeah. kind of kills the the vibe. You know, there's no power there, but this has it, so.
1: So you're in full control of
5: yes. that in yeah.
1: regard on board with the guitar. yeah yeah all right well let's move on to pedalboard. you got a few treats there for us
5: oh yeah um well it wouldn't be right if i didn't have this specific phase 90. yeah you know i think it's just so it's so extra cool to have the the stripes but uh you know a standard phase 90 but it has the script button to give it the uh, vintage tone um and i got this guy here which is a it's essentially that whammy without uh, foot. just one pedal so you don't have the entire Uh, Tom Morello stuff. Uh, You don't have all the options there but essentially the same so it's really cool. I use that just for a couple octave things.
1: Alright moving on from the ricochet what do we got next?
5: Uh, So it's a walrus audio uh, distortion but uh, since I have plenty of distortion already stock in that head I I use this more so just this oversaturation kind of boost thing you know so couple moments in the show where I just hit it and it just gives that instant feedback and that wash of just full, just almost too much gain. But Here I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Taking all the frequencies from the other guitar players. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the, the carbon copy. So I've had a bunch of different delays over the years, but I feel like they get too busy and it's, uh, it's just too much. And I feel like for whatever reason over the years, this has been the one for me. It's always just kind of held everything I needed. It's just like, it's not too much. And uh, I don't know, like I'm so particular with delays too. And I just feel like nothing really does what I needed to. And this is just so easy just an easy analog delay, you know?
1: Yeah, and, and it uh, sounds good.
5: Yeah, I love it, I really do love it. And what's cool is that I keep it on the same setting at all times and it works for everything. I don't have to pedal worship and jump yeah, down yeah. and change everything, you know? Uh, and then, yeah, I just have a simple little volume pedal. It's just easy for the tuning. I just keep it down for tuning, you know, if I need to yeah. in any set, uh, setting and I just crank it back up. And as simple as that.
1: And you got the noise gate, is that something just maybe di- based on what room you're in? And how uh, that's-
5: it was uh, depending on which SG I was using, because the <laughs> okay. other SG I had, uh, the, the pickups were on potted, uh. so it was just crazy. It was screaming. If I, like I had to play and hold it, and then even sometimes if I held it, it would still scream. Like you an know?
1: unruly toddler. Just- it
5: was too much, yeah, <laughs> yeah and uh, i'm definitely in my sg phase if you could tell it's like it's the it's the guitar i always wanted to have but i never found the right one and then over the years uh i I had played a couple but then once i found that 64 that was the one and uh once i played that first one like i said it's kind of they really made it true to spec like unpotted, and it was just almost unbearable like in in this setting you know with like higher gain so i finally found the right one and then I have the, you know, the noise gate to just help me if, in case I need it. But lately I have, I've kept it off, believe okay. it or not. So yeah, we're not taking off too much yet. Well, Frank, so much, uh, <laughs> shit. We'll say it. Frank, you so much, man. It's a, it's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah.
1: Frank, thank you so much. Appreciate all the mammoth guys. Yeah. Go snatch up those SGs before Frank comes to visit I'm your town with mammoth all. or slash. He's coming for him. Thank you guys.